Today is Monday, August 28th, and that only means one thing. Game week! You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pack Nation, welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's title sponsor is Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joining me is Kenton Gibbs and Kenton we're going to play some football this week. We're just three days away now from NC State kicking off up in Stores, Connecticut at UConn. Week one, officially, we've completed week zero of mm-hmm. the college football season, whether you love it or you hate it. And watching some of the football games this past weekend, I, I couldn't help but just, just get rid of these next three days. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do chores. I don't want to go to the grocery store. Put the ball down and make it Thursday. Make today Thursday. I don't care about Monday through Wednesday. I don't care. I don't need it. Uh, y'all don't listen to Grayson. Keep going to work. Keep, <laughs> keep going to work now. Listen, we all love to pack, but you don't want to have to pack your bags and leave your residence. No, but seriously, uh, I, I agree, man. It, it, it's that time of the year. We're seeing actual clanging and banging on the field. We are seeing, um, you know, I'm not going to lie and say we saw a high-quality football in week zero because we we saw more blowouts than at a good salon, but it's all right. Uh, the, the reality is we have football again, and that is all that matters. That's all that matters. I'm ready to see these teams compete, and I'm ready to see what NC State actually is. We have talked for months about the floor, the ceiling, what we think will happen, who will break out, who's going to be under enough, enough time to put the ball down, kick the ball off, and get the thuds going and see what the final results are on those scoreboards. So I'm absolutely here for it. The, the the game week energy is here. If you can't tell, Locked On Wolfpack has game week energy. We're bringing it. So you need to come with us, Wolfpack Nation, on Locked On, uh, on, Locked on Wolfpack about this game week energy. We're bringing it on a Monday. But unfortunately, there are three more days before we get to Thursday. So we still have additional things to talk about before we kick off. We're going to start with who's going to be on the field. We released yes, our sir. depth chart for week one on Friday course it kind of came out of nowhere you were wondering how early we would be releasing this because we play on a thursday instead of a regular saturday and especially because coach dorn likes to play things relatively close to the chest but we did get this released on friday kenton was super excited about one position battle in fact that he called me in the middle of the day to let me know what he thought about it we'll get to that in just a second but I've kind of broke this depth chart down into four pieces as it might be a little bit harder to read as it's all kind of condensed here on your screen. So we're going to start with the offensive line. Um, Of course, news that also came out on Friday uh, with the depth chart is you may see the omissions of a Dawson Jaramillo and a Lyndon Cooper. That, of course, is because they are both injured. Now, Lyndon Cooper, 
uh, is expected to only miss week one, but he will return, they hope, for Notre Dame in week two. But unfortunately, Dawson Jeremillo, the transfer from Oregon, has suffered a season-ending injury. So you will not see him on the depth chart for this year. And what does that mean? Well, I think the O-line, we're still okay, but we cannot afford any more injuries here. We are a little bit thin. I'm confident in the group you see listed here, especially the starters, but we cannot afford any more bad luck injuries here on the offensive line. Yeah, um, you know, and in the words of B.B. Uh, King, I got way too many blues for any more bad news. I'm joking. Kanye West said that. But we have multiple positions where the guys who are the backups have not played a, a meaningful amount of um, college football, may not have had a single snap in some cases, a meaningful snap of, of college football action for some of these backups. And that's never a situation you want to be in. The reality is, regardless of what your system is, triple option, air raid, doesn't matter. Obviously, we're, we're leaning much more towards there and that thing out to spread the field out. You still need an offensive line that can perform, perform and hold up. That is a constant across any system, whatever you're running. And so uh, with that being said, you know, I, I talked about the fact that we were exceptionally healthy coming out of camp. We only lost, you know, two guys technically and one guy out for the season, but that is a an astonishingly low amount um, for camp. And so this is this is just a situation where we've kind of got to hope and pray that, that guys stay healthy up front because if not, we could be in a bad situation in a hurry. One thing I will point out here is while we're potentially thin on the left side of the line, you got to keep in mind that Brennan's a left-handed quarterback. So it's not exactly that he's going to get blindsided if we do need additional help on the left side and something that Brendan is praised on doing well is improv. He can improv very well, improv with the best of them. He's able to take off running and pick up gains where you might not have seen that coming and he's able to extend a play. So if we are a bit thin, if anywhere on the offensive line, I guess it's perhaps a silver lining that it's on the left side uh, instead of the right. But of course, you know, we're looking for a big year out of Anthony Belton at left tackle. We're looking for a big year out of Dylan McMahon at center. Looking for more, you know, additional growth from Derek Easton at right guard. And, you know, the same goes for Tim McKay at right tackle. Yeah. We're looking for a bigger step forward, more more consistency from those two. And they're going to have to step up this year, you know, just to, just to be blunt about that. But moving forward now into the offense here. Now, this is – some of you may be able to guess what Kenton was the most fired up about. But, Kenton, I'll let you have the floor. What – what uh. What out of all of these position battles had you calling me in the middle of a day on a Friday? You know, there is uh, one guy in particular out of all these starters who I said, I ran and raved about him and said, this guy, I, I keep hearing, they're going to factor him in. They're going to get him the ball in all these different ways. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be a dude on this offense. And, you know, some folks said, well, I haven't heard much about him. Well, you know, I, I've heard about all these other guys. I haven't heard too much about him. And that guy would be one Mr. Julian Gray. I told everybody I'm hearing not that he's going to be a star, just that he's battling for a starting position or that he might be a star. I was saying with a straight face, because it's what I'd heard, he's going to be an impact player this year. He's got a, He's got a really good chance of being that breakout guy this year. And lo and behold, look at X number one. On this depth chart, Mr. Julian 
great. His ability to do things when he has the ball in his hands is spectacular from what I've heard. And so I'm I'm looking to see, you know, it's it's a lot like how people talked about um Tyreek Hill when he first got to the NFL, right? Oh, he's just a burner, but can he refine the other things? I'm looking to see how well Julian Gray does the other things because I have no doubt in a system that is going to uh, get the ball out quickly, that is going to spread defenses thin horizontally and, and kind of find ways to exploit that. I'm sure that they're going to find creative ways to get him the ball, but I want to know how well he does it, the receiver stuff. But maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse here. I just want to see him get the ball and do something exciting first. So let's stick there first. And then if we have a great year this year, let's talk about next year potentially saying, all right, I want to see you be a great receiver and all assets. But for right now, I want to see him put on the show. Yeah, of of course, there with Julian Gray, you have Terrell Timmons listed as an or. So I do expect just as often as you're seeing Julian Gray, you're also going to see a Terrell Timmons. I think you're going to see a lot of run between the two of those guys. But something else that kind of caught my attention, not so much as a concern, but more of a compliment at the play of the two of them, is Chris Tootle and Trent Penix being listed as oars. They're, you know, complimentary of the two. And I saw some folks kind of concerned because they thought, well, you know, in our opinion, Trent Penix has kind of been head and shoulders over the play of a Chris Tootle. I think, for one, people have kind of written off Chris Tootle and maybe not given him the respect he deserves, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the red zone, as you like to point out often. Ken. He gets it done. Tootle. Touchdown yeah. Tootle. Once you get in that red zone, he becomes a, a weapon. But I do think, you know, you're going to see both of them probably a, a pretty equal amount, which is going to be a lot, especially in this Robert and I offense. But, you know, something, of course, that Trent Penix has dealt with quite often, unfortunately, is staying healthy. And I Absolutely. don't think that this this depth chart is a reflection of that. Um, but it is going to be something to keep an eye on. If he's not able to stay on the field as often as we need him to be, then, yeah, it is going to be Chris Tootle at the tight end spot. So that is certainly something to keep an eye on. Not, not Again, not really a concern there. But And then uh, something else I want to call attention to, well, I guess two things, is one, Keon Lassane is the top Z receiver. Not surprised by that. Of course, some folks had some comments about Bradley Rosner. Bradley Rosner just joined the program, what, a month ago? I mean, yeah. for him, sure, he he's an eighth-year college football player, so maybe you'd expect him just to, to, to be listed as a starter based on seniority. But, yeah, he's brand new to this program. He's got to learn probably more than everyone else does at this point in the year. So, no, I'm not, not, a, not at all surprised to see Keon, especially with Keon being a captain and a leader of the wide receiving room. Think he very much deserves to be there. Now, how much we see Rosner, I guess we'll find out. Uh, and then my last kind of observation here is KC Kevin Conception listed as I guess wide receiver one as the inside wide receiver, maybe effectively like a slot type position. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Anai uses this sort of thing, especially with Porter Rooks listed as the flex Y underneath of that. I expect, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of new things, a lot of things that are unknown for NC State offense. Of course, we've talked at nauseum for the last couple of weeks, but you, I think the the overall thing I'm noticing in this wide receiving core, speed kills. While yeah. the size might not be there across the board, I think the speed will be, and so creating separation from the DBs is going to be paramount because Brennan's going to be able to get them the ball. It's just going to be being able to separate themselves and getting open uh, to be effective there. I, I look at this and I think to myself, 
Oh, man. It, it, this is – Robert and I is known for his creativity. He does more – so in terms of personnel groupings, and I don't want to go too deep into this because I know we got uh, a break coming up here, but in terms of personnel groupings, right, you list the, how many backs and how many tight ends. Uh, so if you're talking 12 personnel, you're looking at one back, two tight ends. If you're talking 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, 10 personnel, seven, you know, all that type of stuff. Robert and I – is known for getting extremely wonky with that. Yeah. And Juice Vereen was listed as an or in the flex Y position with Porter Rooks. Yeah. Now let me tell you the importance of that. If those two are used interchangeably, then that means that we're going to see a lot of sets with potentially two to three tight ends that we're going to see everybody out in the route. We're going to see some empty sets with oh, yeah. two to three guys that are considered tight ends potentially on this team and what does that do to defenses what it does is it tricks you as a defense when you see certain personnel groupings you're thinking to yourself a certain thing is coming if i see uh the power back and two to three tight ends i'm thinking in short yardage i'm thinking okay great we're gonna need to bear down and, and make sure that they don't get this yard that's what's going on here but in reality they could be going empty and and that's a real very real look because you're not talking about three big bulky tight ends. You could be talking about a, a three tight end grouping of Chris Tootle, Trent Penix, and Juice Root. That's what you could have out there all at once with a power back, which is now thrown off the defenses, um, thrown off the defense's calibration in terms of what's coming and in terms of what personnel grouping they bought in. And so now you're trusting linebackers to potentially be one up with all those guys. Mismatches happen. And you've just changed the math. This is a group that could be absolutely special because of the versatility. You said that the height wasn't there, but think about it this way. They could try out a lineup of all guys that are six feet tall. They, they, we've, we've talked about the speed. That's one thing that can't be debated. You could try out a, a lineup of four receivers that all run 4-4 or better. This team has versatility. They have weapons everywhere. I'm waiting to see what this offense looks like. We covered the offensive side of the ball. We're going to cover the defensive side of the depth chart after a word from our sponsors. That is Athletic Brewing Company, a brand new sponsor for the Locked On program. Athletic Brewing Company is brewing non-alcoholic beers, and they are changing the game in doing so. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. You can find Athletic in-store, online, and at bars around the country. So, you can find Athletic Brewing Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off of your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout and, and get 15% Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. All right. Now, Kenton, breaking down the defensive side of this depth chart, let me pull this back up for us. Mm -hmm. We're going to cover first basically the defensive line and part of the linebacking core. Of course, you see the nickel listed at the bottom as well. But as maybe we had some surprises on the offensive side of the ball, none to be found here. Of course, the defensive line we raved about just this past week. Davin Van, C.J. Clark, and Savion Jackson listed as three starters up front. 
Well-deserved. We're expecting the world of them this year in 2023. Of course, the linebacking core listed as Jalen Scott, Devon Betty, and Peyton Wilson. Not exactly a surprise there either. However, I want to talk a little bit about the depth here because that's kind of the main focal point uh, of these being listed here. Thrilled, over the moon about the depth here in the defense, especially at defensive line. Just look at the names here listed. You got Davin Van behind him, the the, uh, Juco transfer and Red Hibbler. Heard amazing things of him at a fall camp coming into the program. And you got the or with Noah Potter. Of course, Noah is the transfer from Cincinnati and or Ohio State. I've heard he has come on strong of late. So you basically have two to three extremely solid options there. But with a Davin Van in the season that we expect him about to have, that's good backup, I guess, to say the least. But some of these rotations are going to be disgusting. Regardless of who you have on the field, you got CJ Clark at the nose. Maybe some concerns about the depth there as he's coming back now fully healthy uh, from his ACL tear two years ago. We've heard great things of Brandon Cleveland behind him. Yeah. So these rotations yeah. are going to be excellent. Absolutely. And and to think that, you know, if you look at CJ Clark and say, well, he he's, is he fully back from the injury, all that good stuff? Well, the guy behind him is the guy who you've heard the most about out of yeah. the second group. You know what I mean? So, that's a that's a good thing there. And Trevally Price is also another guy that that you've heard good things about. But I want to emphasize this in the three three five, um, in most defensive situations, but especially in three down linemen fronts, left end, right end is very semantic nine times out of ten. It's extremely semantic. It's basically like, oh well, you know, this is where we want to put you for now. This is where we want to put you for now. The reality is. You could really reduce that into end and add all six of them into a depth chart together and say, these are the starters, these are the twos, these are the threes, because all of these guys could be used interchangeably in either spot. Now, with that being said, to hear so many good things about so many of these guys, that's exciting. To hear uh, to hear Coach Gibson say, this could be the best group that I've had, or this is the best group that I've had since I've been here, that's exciting because we saw some that were absolutely phenomenal. And so this is, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. The praise has been given. Boys, much is expected. Go get them. And then getting into this linebacking core here, we've heard Jalen Scott perhaps has had one of the best defensive camps of anyone that we've heard about. And, you know, we've heard about Devon Betty as well, all the experience that he is bringing to the table with the unfortunate amount of injuries we've had at the linebacking position the last two to three years, mm-hmm. and Jalen Scott as well. Those two have gotten so much pivotal experience that they're bringing to the table here in 2023, and they're hungry for it. It's their time now. There is nobody to back up. They're at the front of the line, so it's time for them to show out. And then, you know, need we say more about Peyton Wilson? Of course, it's going to be paramount that he stays healthy for the, the entire year, but Peyton leading this linebacking core you feel just about as confident as ever in any linebacking core we maybe have ever had, except for maybe like last year with Isaiah yeah. Moore and Drake still here. But it this doesn't really feel like, I mean, maybe like the smallest of steps backward because that's how good this defense is going to be here this year. I mean, the question for this linebacking core is all about big 11. How do the shoulders, how the knees, if those things stay together, this is, you know, Peyton Wilson is every time that I've ever seen him step on the field since the first time I watched that young man play at Orange High School, I knew 
he's a man amongst boys. If he's not on a professional field, he will be a man amongst boys. And he's proven that. He's proven that at this level. So it's all about how healthy he can stay because I I don't think that there is any piece as – and I mean this very genuinely. I've, I've studied the ACC. I've had to do work throughout all the ACC and all that good stuff. With the quarterback position excluded, I don't think that there is any player as pivotal to their position group success except for maybe Christian Mahogany, the guard up at Boston College. That may be the only player that is as pivotal to his position group success as Peyton Wilson is this week. And then before we flip the page here, of course, you see the nickels listed at the bottom here. Pookie Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, another one. He's probably one of the probably the the second of two names that I've been hearing the most about uh, in this defense from this fall camp, expecting humongous things from Pookie Kennedy. I've heard to uh, he, he's a heat seeking missile effectively, and I listed him as uh, I believe it was my my guy that no one's really talking about, but will have a massive impact. I think it won't be very long at all before everyone's talking about Robert Kennedy uh, in that nickel slot. Absolutely. This is a this is a young man that's played a ton of football at ODU. He was a pivotal part of them beating Virginia Tech last year. I mean, came up with multiple big plays in that game. And so you're now looking at this young man um, in in being a part of the Wolfpack and saying to yourself, well, this this guy came in when there were two guys who had played a lot of ball already in terms of uh, Darius Edmondson and Cecil Powell. And he's earned that first seat. He's earned that starting spot. I doubt that it was given away based on like, oh, we don't want to hurt our relationship with ODU. Like, that's not likely. So the reality is he's had a great camp. Everybody I've talked to about him has ran and raised about the young man. It's good to see. Yeah. And now getting into the rest of the secondary here, the usual suspects, Shaheen Battle, again, one of the better corners in this entire conference. He's been with us for three, four years now. The experience had an outstanding year last year. It's just, it's kind of crazy how good of a year he had. But of course, Aiden White was just a little bit better. So he gets yeah. most of the shine. But when you have Shaheem on the left and Aiden on the right, talk about lockdown, putting the clamps on somebody. I think we've forgotten exactly how good these two are together. And you build another year of experience. And especially with the, the depth behind them and the safeties with the, uh, Devin Boykin and Jakeen Harris, all the confidence in the world in this group. I, I think I've even said it on here before. I think the the secondary is the the grouping that I am most confident about of this entire team. I, I want to talk about a player that, and I know we're probably going to get to him later, but I, I want to jump around here because I need to talk about this young man. I, I need to. I got to do it. Brandon Sice, who is listed as Aiden White's backup. Yeah, That is a true freshman that I have heard from day one has walked in and been a a dude on this defense. That is a guy that I've heard more and more about in terms of, hey, this if there's some freshmen to look out for, he's one of them. If we're talking true freshmen to look out for, he's one of them. And so with that being said, uh, Brandon Sice, top corner out of the state of South Carolina last year, was extremely excited, extremely excited to get him on campus. I believe he got on campus early and went through spring ball as well. I could be incorrect there, but I'm fairly certain he did. This is a young man to watch out for because we talked about, is this the greatest uh, DB recruited class that we've seen? And I believe we were talking about the 2023 class coming in and look at the only true freshman listed on this 2D. 
it's him. That is a dude there. I'm I'm ready to see him ball. Um, of course, I'm ready to see him ball with Aiden White and Shaheen Battle. You know, we're hoping everybody stays healthy and does their thing here. But this defensive backfield could be something truly special. And then one more point here before we move on to kind of previewing UConn. More so on these safeties here. You know, when we spoke to Corey Smith last week, he talked a lot about Bishop Fitzgerald, who was the number one JUCO safety in the country before coming into NC State. Mm-hmm. And Sean Brown, who's he's gotten a fair amount of experience too. The the depth there, it's just the depth is just insane. And I, I completely glossed over Torrente Hinton behind Shaheem Battle. He has been tabbed as a guy to be looking out for. Just the depth and experience is absurd in this defense. And I can't imagine there's anyone happier than Tony Gibson, which it could be why he's having these comments coming out all of a sudden, like, hey, this is the best defensive line I've ever coached. A lot of people are starting to come to the realization that this defense could be legitimately better than last year. And that is almost impossible to try and wrap your mind around how good they were in 2022. But you look at, and we're going to start talking about UConn here in just a second, but I know UConn's a different team than they were in 2022, but it's like, so are we. How on earth are they going to score on us? Yeah. UConn is a different team, but so are we. Yeah. So are we. That's the reality. But there there was some addition by subtraction. That's some coordinator positions that I won't speak about. I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to say any names, uh, but there was some addition by subtraction there. There were some um, guys got a year older in that receiver room. Let's just be honest. Guys got a year older and we got some, some dudes. We got some height in that room in terms of multiple guys that are six, four, six, five. That is insane. Imagine you walk out there and you see, uh, Collins and Roser and and Anthony Smith and KC out there. You're looking up and you're um hey hey friends they've they've got three guys on the field that are six two or taller. This is I'm scared. I want to go home. You know this is this is a group that again if you want to bring out a speed package you you talk about Julian Gray and KC and and Keon Lassane and. And Anthony Smith, like you, you've got multiple different ways that that you could go at this thing. And and you know, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Timmons. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't do such a thing. And so you've got so many different options that you can go with in terms of what these what you can uh, do here. That we're talking depth on offense. We're talking depth on defense. The only position that we have said we're worried about depth for is offensive line. Everywhere else, we're like, hey, you got a dude and a. a a bad you just got multiple players that are this is a bad boy this is and i'm talking michael jackson bad the good bad this is this is somebody that you got to worry about when he's on the field so you know this is this is shaping up to be a good season all right before we move forward with further comments on uconn our second sponsor for today is game time of course we've all been there stressing about securing tickets when it comes to last minute situations you don't need to stress anymore when you come on to game time Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deal, killer deals and last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That is incredible. So, buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, before we get out of here on a Monday, I do kind of want to give a couple comments uh, briefly on UConn. Of course, we're going to be breaking down the offense for both teams tomorrow on Tuesday, but just kind of scratching the surface here uh, when it comes to UConn, they're not the same team. And we've said that a lot um, coming into this preview. They're not the same team that we saw in 2022. Of course, we beat them by a score of 41 to 10 last year. It was effectively getting up by a score of 31 Oh, and kind of hitting cruise control from there. Yeah. But you know, this time it's on the road and that's a whole different beast. Of course, the last time NC State visited UConn, I believe it was either, I think it was like 2012, Mike Glennon was at quarterback. Kenton, without looking, can you guess what the final score of that game was? I'm going to guess 42 to 14. The score was 10 to 7. Ah, that's ugly. Oof. So it goes to show you cannot overlook UConn, regardless of how they were in 2012, regardless of how they might be in 2023. If you mess with some food, you're going to be hungry still because somebody else is going to take that food off your plate. That's going to yeah. be UConn, okay? So, like I mentioned, uh, you know, they they had a good year, probably their best year last year since, like, 2015, I want to say. They're on the uprise. Jim Moore is their head coach, a lot of NFL experience. He was at UCLA for a long time, experienced a lot of success there. And something I've been noticing within the UConn media is they're going to show up. Their crowd is going to show up for this game. For sure. one. I, I did some perusing of their schedule outside of probably Duke. NC State is their biggest opponent on the schedule, and it's game one, the kickoff. When everyone has little to no expectations, they just want to watch some football, and your biggest name brand team is coming into town. They're going to show up. I believe they haven't really sold out their stadium uh, I think it was since like 2016 or something like that when they played Syracuse. Huh. It's been a long time since they've had a a marquee name come into town. So NC State, we got to be ready for this. And I'm sure Coach Dorn and the rest of the coaching staff, they're going to do more than enough to get the boys ready. But it just goes to show you, you can't be overlooking an opponent like this. You cannot fall asleep at the wheel, especially not in week one. Because again, if you play with food, especially with a team that's on the uptick, you could get surprised. I mean, I think the biggest thing here is they they're on scholarship too. Yeah. Like let's not let's let's be very real about this. And also that's a team that got better and better and better as the year went on. That's a team that, you know, started first play of the game, Thayer Thomas, Dome Top. I mean, get that up off you, young man, and and you know, doing great things there. Um, but the reality is our domination of them was not that was the widest margin of loss that they had the entire season. Right. From there, they got better and better and better every game. Every and I, I genuinely mean that. And so with that being said, again, you know, th- yeah, they lost their quarterback and all that, or they, they have a different quarterback than you know who they had starting last season and all that. Yeah, they lost some some guys here and there. The reality is simple. We lost some guys as well. We lost our quarterback as well. We lost our lead back as well. So this is not a game that I think we can go into saying, All right, the haze in the barn, boys. We show up. 
And we're going to whoop them by 30. This, this ain't that. And that ain't this. So this team needs to prepare the right way. Take everything seriously with this team. Prepare for them as if you're prepared for Clemson, and you'll be just fine. Yeah. Some of the things I've been reading, too, is that they're, the bowl game that they made it to last year was their first bowl game since 2015. And the sentiment around the team and in their community up there is, okay, we've done that. We're raising the floor. We want more now. That's no longer good enough. We want to move yeah. more than yeah. six games. We want to be into a bigger bowl. We want to win that bowl game. And that's starting with NC State rolling into town here. So there is no there is no time to be surprised here by an upstart UConn, especially on the road in week one. We got to roll in off the bus, let them know who NC State is and what we came to do, and then cruise on from there. Because, again, I've said it on here, we are. We're better than UConn at every facet of the game. Offense, defense, yeah. special teams. I, we have the edge there. Disrespectfully, respectfully, however you want to frame it, we're better than UConn. We need to go up there and make sure they know it after 60 minutes of ball. Yeah, I mean, objectively speaking, when you're playing a team that you are um, – when you're playing a team that you have more talent than, letting them hang around is the worst thing you could ever yeah. do. Letting them hang around. You know, we've – this needs to look like – you know, I'm not going to say IMG versus Bishop Sycamore, but this needs to this needs to not be a game where it's like a tussle back and forth and all that good stuff. Um, you know, the line is 15. We're, we're 15 point favorites in this thing. So, you know, the 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 um, Vegas is expecting them to hang around and keep this thing close. But the reality is, I mean, this team has to has to has to get started fast. Get started fast. Don't play around. Don't, you know, don't do all those things. But don't worry. We're still saving Ken's keys for later this week, folks. So we'll we'll get into exactly what this team needs to do. But just very generally, like Grayson said, don't play with your food. Don't play with your food. You know, you, you got to snatch and grab it as if you're not going to get seconds if you don't eat fast enough. Yeah, much more of a general preview here on Monday. We're going to be breaking down the offense for both teams tomorrow on Tuesday and then some defense and uh, predictions to come on Wednesday. So be sure to stay tuned for that. That'll do it for us here on Monday. As always, thank you so much for tuning in with us, hitting that like button, tossing some comments in the box. Uh, I guess we'll still have a fan Friday. Of course, it'll be a little bit of a recap show to play on Thursday, but be sure to throw your comments in. We'll read and respond to those. And as always, hit that subscribe button. We'll see you all tomorrow for more of a breakdown. Until then, go back. Go back.